This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today, I suppose, is the podcast Blank Cassette, a fellow show on the Nerdlogs network of podcasts hosted by dear friend and fellow Nerdlogs member Eric Garneau and co-produced by Ian Williams. He just started season two of the show, and we sat down for a conversation about my love of both the band U2 and the podcast You Talking U2 to Me that I recommended to Eric before he took our other show, Your Stories, on the road. So he listened to the whole thing during a road trip and was excited to unpack his thoughts on both the podcast and the band after he had listened to hours and hours of uh, critiquing of their albums by two huge fans. So Eric is a an incredibly passionate person when it comes to music. If you want to hear more from him, I'd recommend you check out his episode of MBSing, wherein he talked about Bruce Springsteen, his favorite musical artist. And I am excited for anyone in this feed to check out his show and would encourage you to check out many others in the feed for Blank Cassette because it's great. And even though this one is a bit of a departure from the format, I think it sufficiently portrays what the show is in the sense that it's people who are passionate about music and what it brings to their surroundings and lives, uh, unpacking a particular mix uh, and kind of diving in song by song and getting stories behind them. So this is the story behind a mix of U2 songs. And is it a little navel-gazy because it's also about a different podcast? Yes, yes, it is. But, you know, I like it. It's truly my favorite podcast experience I've ever had in you talking U2 to me. So I don't hesitate to continue to kind of try to unpack what it is I loved about that show, what it is I love about U2, and... Uh, what it is here to like about Blank Cassette. I have a couple of plugs before we get into the episode. One is that Wednesdays in October, I'll be at the IO Theater in Ben Plays the Mayor at 8.30 p.m. It's a show about a fictional town called Crimtown that gets a new mayor, and it's about accepting change and personal growth, and it's mostly absurd and very funny and I've enjoyed thoroughly being a part of it. I would also like to plug the fact that if you're listening to this the week it's released, I will be in New York doing two shows with Cards Against Humanity, one on Thursday night at the UCB Chelsea and one on Friday night at the New York Comic Con. So if you are in that vicinity at all, and this is how you're finding out about these events, I encourage you to look up more information on tickets. If you're going to Comic-Con, you can come see the show as a part of Comic-Con. If you're not going to Comic-Con, you can come to the UCB and see the show there. How cool's that? I think that's about all I've got. 
MBSing is a part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op, and I would strongly encourage you to check out other shows in the co-op, like Team GFB Radio. It's a show from Dave Lang and Daryl Wisner, and they both work in the game development industry and cover a lot of various topics on the subject. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this episode of Blank Cassette. Everybody, I'm Eric Garneau. I'm the host of the show, and we have a special guest today. My name is Mary Beth Smith. And what we're listening to, this mix is called I Have Been Talked You Too To. This is good rock and roll uh, music. It's a collection of U2 songs, which seems fairly obvious, but also it is a, a soundtrack and a tribute to the podcast You Talking You Too To Me which uh, I recently binged the whole thing on a giant uh, road trip that I took at the start of the summer. Uh, and Mary Beth said, hey, this is my favorite podcast of all time. You should listen to it. And it's a podcast where Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott uh, hang out and talk about you 2 album by album. And then it kind of devolves into madness at the end. But then in the very last episode, they interview the band, which is crazy. And so this is a collection of songs that were played on the podcast because they're U2 songs mostly. But also, I just wanted to talk about uh, how this list came together and why I love the podcast and why Mary Beth loves the podcast. So let's let's start with that. Why is this your favorite podcast, Mary Beth? I think this really proves the format of podcasting as something special. They started this as an idea relatively on a whim. Adam Scott, knowing that Scott Ackerman was also a big fan of the band and suggesting that it be something they do, not even as like close friends as people who had collaborated before and seemed to be friends before but they admit on mic about halfway through the show that part of the process had just brought them closer together socially which i think is really fun and it seems like their friendship has continued through that and getting to kind of be privy to that is very fun and special and silly it's it couldn't be a sillier show it's the utmost of silly and so much so that throughout the podcast they if they feel like they're being very ridiculous very off topic crude etc scott made such a big joke out of saying 
Bono, if you are listening, we're not joking about this. The fact that all of that absurdity culminated in you two actually sitting down and having a long-form podcast interview with them is incredible to me. Like, I don't feel as though any other podcast project has culminated like that, has been that long of a journey into what is literally the most incredible thing that could have happened to the show. And I was truly emotional the day that that episode dropped. I, I'm getting chills thinking about it. And it really, it's a show, they say this a lot about podcasts, but I found it especially true of this show, where you really feel like you're in the room and you're friends with Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman. Like, I've listened to Comedy Bang Bang for six years and I don't that never made me feel like I was Scott Ackerman's friend a fan certainly but then you listen to you talking to you too to me and it's like you're right there with them and I don't know it is it's very endearing it's very earnest and genuine and I I like that a lot and it was a really nice companion to have on this it was like a 5,000 mile trip I took it was really nice to have them there with me
almost the episode of like inverted comedy bang bangs right where the opening segment is like they're joking around they're doing bits and there's like you know not exactly characters but it's definitely bitty and then the second half of the show in comedy bang bang that's where they bring in the character guests and that's where it really goes off the rails but in you talking you two to me typically that's where it focuses up and then they're just talking about a u2 album and i i I mean, guys, I mean, the show, I, I'm a huge music nerd. It's so interesting to hear these two people whose work I love, and they're just digging into this music as fans. It's so cool. I totally agree with you. That's a really apt uh, description of ha- that it flips the script on Comedy Bang Bang, because it's totally true. And it's also really fun to hear them kind of touch on other things they've worked on in comedy and i think it's just like that's the kind of in like if it had just been two like randos talking about you two i don't know that i would be that interested but the fact that it's two people whose like other work i love it it was so cool to hear them just get into something that they love it it, it binds you in a weird way i absolutely agree with you and i think there's something to be said for how entrenched in comedy and acting they are as well because they are able to approach uh, the music of U2 and their artistic endeavors and their experiences as performers via being comedians and actors and full-time performers themselves and that I agree with you gives you a different perspective than if it were just like two Joe Schmoes off the street or even yeah like two writers from Rolling Stone like just talking yeah. about the music like it the perspective is very helpful and they both have spent especially Ackerman has spent so much time and it's taking all of my energy to not just call both of them Scott I should clarify because <laughs> all I want to do is just refer to both of them as Scott but it would be as obnoxious as that is when it's on the show um, but Ackerman has spent so much time on Mike that he effortlessly makes the show funny and they have such a good rapport with one another that it is so listenable even if you aren't a huge fan of the band it's just funny it's just good comedy uh, podcasting Of fate on a bed of nails. 
Like, 
I've listened to this whole thing and I'm still not the hugest U2 fan, but I appreciate the music so much more because I think anytime you hear the story behind something, you're going to uh, appreciate it more. But you are a giant U2 fan, so what, what draws you to U2? It was interesting listening to this show because I still learned a lot because I don't consider myself a completist. I am absolutely someone who came to U2 when I was in late high school, early college, and got into the things that had come out around then. So my favorite U2 albums are, I mean, Joshua Tree aside, which I think you have to kind of always give a caveat for, uh, All That You Can't Leave Behind and How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, because those were the ones that my dad had when I was like, I need to check out this U2 band, and like pulled them off his shelf and ripped them into my iTunes and got super into those albums. And then when I got to college, I met this guy in theater who was way into U2. He's older than I was, probably more of their generation. So he kind of like witnessed a lot of that stuff as it came along. He introduced me to the song I Will Follow. And I was like, holy shit, this song is incredible. Like, I think that kind of caused me to get a little more into their discography and it was also right before No Line on the Horizon came out. So even though it's probably considered one of their most panned albums, and a lot of people didn't think that Songs of Innocence was going to be good because No Line on the Horizon, in their opinion, had not been, it was an album, it was their first album that I came to on my own. It was the album that, after I got into them, it was the first album that came out. And so I was fucking stoked. I couldn't wait to listen to No Line on the Horizon. And I used to crank the song Stand Up Comedy in my car when I was driving to the theater. And hearing them unpack that album was doubly hilarious for me because I had witnessed it in the state that they experienced a lot of their early albums. Searching, looking for one good man, a spirit who would not bend or break, who would sit at his father's right hand. I went out walking with the Bible and the gun. The word of God lay heavy on my heart. I was sure I. I'll be home soon Yeah, I went out for the papers Told her I'd be back by noon Yeah, I left with nothing But the thought you'd be there too Looking for you Stretching on the grass, summer dresses pass in the shade of a willow tree. Creeps are crawling over me, over me and over you. Stuck together with God's blue, it's gonna get stickier. Sue's been summer. Let's get on. Don't try too hard to think 
podcast really was my overarching exposure to the band other than the singles you hear on the radio sure. and i think i ended up kind of falling in line with scott ackerman not surprisingly unforgettable fire era is kind of my favorite stuff um it kind of mixes like the early post-punk with that like move towards a very grandiose americana that they hit on joshua tree I could have written that down on a sheet of paper and like handed it to you. Like I could have predicted that that would be about where you landed on it. And the funniest part of that to me is that I am absolutely in Adam Scott's camp of loving. I mean, he's a big actum baby fan, and I am all about. Uh, like I said, all about all that you can't leave behind and how to dismantle an atomic bomb, which I believe he cites as his favorite album, if not his second favorite. But for Scott Ackerman, he does not like either of those albums uh, to much of an extent, or all three of those albums to much of an extent. And that kind of blows my mind in the sense that, like, that's my bread and butter. And it seems like that's Adam Scott's bread and butter as well. I wanna trip inside your head. Spend the day there To hear the things you haven't said And see what you might see I wanna hear you when you call Do you feel anything at all? I wanna see your thoughts take shape And work right out Friday night, 33 good people cut down. 
be everything you wanna be before your time Although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight Tonight Too bad, but it's the life you lead You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you need Though you could see when you're wrong You know you can't always see when you're right You're right You got your passion, you got your pride But don't you know that only fools are satisfied Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you I want to talk about the other guest performer on this list, which I'm sure people are like, why is this on here? Billy Joel's song, Vienna, because they spend a good probably 60 minutes of three podcasts talking about Billy Joel concerts when they run out of U2. And that's part of the charm of the show, I think, right? I think it's so, because Billy Joel has like this, uh, this like three-week uh, residency at the Hollywood Bowl. And so one night, Adam Scott goes, and the other night, I think, Ackerman goes, and then one of the engineers goes the last night, and they just compare <laughs> set lists. And it's so ridiculous that this is a substantive part of a U2 podcast. I... I think that's hilarious and when I saw that you had put it on the list it made me laugh so hard I was surprised there wasn't also like an R.A.M. song I feel like that's another one that uh, they joke about Ugh, why isn't this just an R.E.M. podcast and I've been trying to think of what the name of an R.E.M. podcast would be and I think it has to be at least re-R.E.M. like regarding R.E.M. but I it, there has to be more to it and I'm not sure how it, how it finishes it's a good idea uh, I if I could tolerate listening to it's been a while for more than like ten seconds, I would also put that on this list. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I think I top out at about six. All right, thinking here in rock and roll's great cathedral that is Madison Square Garden. Thinking in this moment about all the pilgrims, all the pioneers that got us all here. The saints and the heretics, the poets and the punks that now make up the Hall of Fame. It's a dangerous thing, this business of building idols, but at least rock and roll is not at its best about worshiping sacred cows. It's about the thousands of voices gathered in one great unwashed congregation like tonight. For a lot of us here, Rock and roll just means one word, Li liberation. Political, sexual, spiritual, liberation. That's what it is. Let's have some fun with that. Man, this show is so good, and I, I it's like very valuable. Like, I was in the car, God, I don't know how many hours, probably at least eight hours a day times, so like 80 hours, let's say. It's so valuable to have something like this to just listen to all of. Like, the first time I heard Serial was also on a road trip. And it's just, especially because there's one day, I keep talking about this because it was terrifying. Do you know it can ice storm in Montana in May? And so I was driving through mountains at like 30 miles an hour, and it was like freezing rain, and it was really scary. They actually closed the road like 
45 minutes after I passed it. And I was just listening to this podcast all day because I didn't want to fuck around with my iPhone and put something else on. So I just mm. kept going to the next one. And it was so like nice and comforting and funny. It was just like great to have this there. It like in the way that YouTube's music is very much about like this journey, and so that's very appropriate. I found that this podcast soundtracks the journey, and then this playlist soundtracks the podcast. I love that, and I think that is also a big part of what makes it feel like something I could say is literally the pinnacle, you know, my favorite thing out of this medium. Yeah, and I, I think that's a way that this show, this You Talking You Too to Me probably gets underrated because it's a comedy show, but it really did make me more literate about this the music of, like, one of the hugest bands of all time, and that's super valuable because, like, I consider myself a pretty knowledgeable guy about music, and this was a big gap, so now it's not as big of a gap. And that was one of the things that made me not question my unrelenting suggestion for you to listen to it, because I knew if nothing else, even knowing you weren't that big of a YouTube fan, knowing that you love music and that you love these two comedians, I knew you'd find enough to like about it. The one other thing I wanted to mention that is kind of cool is a handful of our friends are also listening <laughs> to this show. I don't know what, if they just didn't know it existed or if, like, because we're into it now, like, it's like, oh, well, this is my excuse. We're but being arbiters of taste I or know, something. It's kind of cool, though, and everyone seems to really be enjoying it. I think you really have to be in for the most tedious of jokes and the most rampant of tangents to be a fan of this show but I think if you are it's pretty undeniable you really have to know what you're getting yourself into but I'm glad I got into it thank you you're very welcome listening to Blank Cassette, a proud member of the Nerdalogs family of podcasts. Blank Cassette is co-produced by Eric Arnaud and Ian Williams. Special acknowledgement to honorary granddaddy producer Gary Lucy. All the music you just heard has been presented for critical and historical purposes only. If you want to hear complete versions of the songs, check out our Spotify playlist for each episode or buy the songs through your favorite music retailer. Supporting the arts is the best. If you'd like to hear bonus material that didn't make the final edit of the episode, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdalogs. Your patronage supports the existence of this show and others that we work really hard on. See you next week. I do want to say, uh, Adam Scott Ackerman, especially Scott, you keep posting playlists on Instagram. Scott, you should come on the show. And you know who else I'd like to see on the show? Some fucking college girls. <laughs> do you know any college girls? Let's get some college girls in here. I don't think I know any college girls anymore because I'm like, 
eight years removed from being a college girl. Yeah, it would be a little gross if we knew college girls. <laughs> I am 33 right now. <laughs> uh, 333. But I love them. <laughs> I love them. 